All right. Good to see you today. If you're watching in our simulcast, whether you're inland in the mountains or out the coast and sitting in a cozy restaurant someplace, welcome to our simulcast this morning, and we're blessed to have you here. It's very, it's, for me, it's very touching because today, some of these students that you've seen come across um, mean a great deal to me and to our church, seen them at di- different and varying stages of life. As they've been in classes, I've gone through those classes for years, and uh, even when they were born, watched them in the preschool area, I can't say nursery, or we'll have my head for that. And it's very touching and wonderful. I know, like me, you're proud of them because of the sense of accomplishment it brings today. And today's message has a lot to do with where you are in the next phase of life. Because graduation, it is a punctiliar point in life, but it's also a launching pad. You go from this to something. You go from this to where. And the doors are wide open, aren't they? Right? Wide open, the world is in front of you. But today's message has to do with something that's not only geared to these graduates, it's geared to every person here because every day is a new day and brings new challenges. Today's message, there's no such thing as, well, let me ask you, you ever seen a tree wear a horseshoe? Sound like a Bubba joke, doesn't it? Ah, it's just something kind of silly, but actually in this bag there is actually wearing a horseshoe, but years and years ago, a person couldn't have known it, but they probably just hung a horseshoe, an old horseshoe in a tree, and it was discovered probably, I guess, 30 years ago, and someone has had it and thought, what crazy person would even want this thing, and thought of me. And I was blessed they did because I think it's art. It's beautiful. I love how the patination on that horseshoe and the wood and everything is pretty neat, isn't it? Didn't get there in a day. But there is a such thing as this, but there's no such thing in today's message as genuine faith without obedience. And so today we want to talk about some of the things that are the essence of what life is all about. Not only for these graduates, but once again for every person here. Because when we think of graduation, we think of going forward. We think of the accomplishments we made, but where will they take us? And many people face today making new starts, brand new starts. So it's a graduation day for them, isn't it? A new start. Some of you making a new start having moved to Greensboro. Some of you making a new start in a new job. Some of you don't know what the new start is. But I guarantee you, If you live long enough, you get to a place where you're making a new start. How do you make that? What do you do? Today's message has everything to do with genuine faith, genuine belief. And genuine belief is always accompanied with obedience because there is no such thing as genuine faith without obedience. Today's message comes from Hebrews chapter 11. We're looking at several verses there. We'll be going about 170,000 miles an hour, so you can stay with me for this. There's a lot here. Hebrews 11, 8, by faith Abraham, when God called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Hmm. You can see some commonality in that. The fact is that's everyone's microcosm of life. We have certain plans and certain ideas how life will go, and many people in this room sat where these graduates are now, wondering what will happen. Where am I going? What will I do? 
And because God only gives us, well, some people say, boy, I wish I knew the future. Listen, we can't even barely handle today, can we? The future's made a decision at a time. Young people, let me just start off by saying this and to every person in here. If you're not making the little decisions, the little decisions that are right before God, right because no one else may be looking, no one else may be aware of it, but you're making the right decisions before God, you will go far. You see, the trajectory of life is in little increments, little. It may not look big at the time you're making it, but there are big, big increments in the future. Because if you're off just a little bit in that trajectory, you can miss something as large as the moon or the stars. God wants you to be there. And so sometimes we have to come back to square one. What is it? What happened to Abram? Why did he do that? How did God lead him? The bottom line is, it says by faith, Abraham, you will never remove the faith presupposition that is found in being a successful believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it can't be removed. Because through the day, when there is no one else looking except you and God seeing it, what will you do? It's pretty significant. Reputation is how your friends, your family, and people around you in your future workplace will know you. Character is how God knows you. And it's important that you realize it's not a game, that it's real, that you're playing it before God. That doesn't mean don't have fun. Have a ball. Listen, people that know God ought to be having the most fun there is, right? But always do it with integrity. Let your decisions be decisions that will be made in the essence of this message and what it's about. Done decisively, done in faith, and done immediately because it's right. Abram did it by faith. There's a great call of God in his life. It says, leave your known world. And many of you, for that sense, even if you're staying locally, are leaving your known world. When you get into, if you're going to a university or a trade school, there isn't the kind of babysitting that used to take place, even for assignments. Now, fortunately, the many of you that I know are self-starters. The bottom line is you have to be able to go out there and understand that to do something, you have to leave the known world at times, and that can be very stressful and tough. It's not for the faint of heart to make a new start. That's what you're doing. Leave your family, leave your friends, leave your employment, leave your house, leave your familiar surroundings, and go to a new place. There's a lot of people that want to become like Jesus and say, but I don't want to change. Listen, it presupposes if you want to become like Jesus Christ, and the Bible says every believer is to do that. Let this mind dwell in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Then it means change every day. It means looking at the little decisions of life and deciding, I'm going to do this right. Once again, there's choices to be made in, Hebrew, uh, excuse me, in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God i.e., those that are not led by the Spirit of God are something else. But they're not the sons of God, the children of God, those that represent the kingdom of God. Out of all that you will represent, out of all that you will do, as a citizen of the kingdom of God, you never graduate from his university of learning more about him and modeling that. You are on a cognitive 
journey in your life, and you've been on that. Some are endeavoring to go forward in that. But that journey with God lasts your life, learning more about him and serving him. Let it become part of your everyday walk. Many of you will be exposed to things in a very short time that are different things in this world. The world, in a sense, I'm using the secular world, many will be involved in things that are culturally okay. But that's not our standard of practice. Our standard of practice is always, what does God think about this? Because that's who you ultimately answer to, is to God. So Abram has this great call in his life, so do you, so do I, and so do you. What do you do with it? You can let it sit there, you can negate it, you can mock it, or you can be obedient to it and learn to be on a a journey of faith. Where will it take you? Where will you go? Not just in your vocation, but where will it take you in your inner person? What will you become? Reputation is how your friends and family and others know you. Character is how God knows you. When you're willing to not cheat at solitaire, when you're willing to do it right when no one else is looking or you won't get caught, that's a measurement of who you are. You see, if Abraham obeyed God's call, what? Four significant things would happen. They're bizarre things. They're crazy things. They're things said, that can't happen. And dare to think, dare to think that God can use you in a powerful way to impact this world. God said he'd make him into a great nation. Understand we have a 75-year-old man with no children, not for lack of trying, but a stigma attached to them, particularly in that day and time. No children, i.e. no heirs to carry on your name. You, it, your name dies with you. It's amazing, isn't it? Probably a lot of the naysayers are saying, Abraham, I wonder what they did. We know his name today, don't we? Let God make a name for you. And that will happen incrementally as you serve and give your life to him and all your standards of life. Maybe you have to think, well, I've already blown it. I haven't done what I need to do in some of the things in my life, and it's taken me down the wrong trajectory. The great news with God today is a new day. You see, it's a new day. If you're 75, there's hope for you. And if you're older than that, Abraham has great things happen way later in life. There's hope for you. But it has to start putting the priority where the priority goes. It's not, God, first give me a million dollars and I'll serve you. God said, if you're faithful in little, I'll let you be faithful in much. A lot of people want to start off in the grandiose way, but God's way often starts with just a little. How are you treating your homework, the people around you? How do you treat the $14 you have left over at the end of this week to decide where that's going to go? What do you do with it? How do you treat people? How do you treat servers in a restaurant, people in a big box store, people out in the community, your family? See, Abraham, what he did... He had this great promise, I'm going to make you a great nation, but God also said he would bless all nations through his seed. God expects his people to be blessers, that God's going to use you to bring blessing to other people. Look how it's happened in biblical Christianity. 
There are orphanages, hospitals, universities and schools that have been started over the years, missionaries that have taken life-saving food and water, dug wells, but brought the truth of the gospel to those places, not only spared the people of discomfort on this earth, but what good would that be if they were separated from God forever? See, they brought the good news. All nations would be blessed through Abraham, by the way, who has no children, no offspring. How is that going to happen? You're part of that promise. And you see, from your legacy, that promise continues on. It goes forward. Blessed through all those things. Salvation is what people in our world need. There's many people in the world that have no hope. They have no hope. They, the only hope they have is in some temporal thing. And every person in this room has one thing in common, whether you graduated, anything or not. We all come to a terminus one day. And it's at that point that you stand in answer to the holy and almighty God. You who are here that have made professions of faith, trusting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, have put your faith and trust not in a system, but in a Savior. You believe he saved you. Live it out loud. I didn't say arrogantly, but live it out loud so people can see. The Word of God says because they'll see God working in you and give glory to him. That's part of the whole thing, you see. God was going to give, he was going to give this Sarah and Abraham, he was going to give them a child, even though it looked like it was impossible. You will have some self-inflicted hurdles, perhaps, that will seem impossible. We all can have them, whatever they are. How will God use me? What can I do? Or how? Listen, the bottom line is, sometimes even as believers, we can think too small. We can think the size of the beginning is indicative of the size of the ending, but it's not. Someone made an impression in the life of Billy Graham, and someone was praying for him before he was ever Billy Graham. There are people serving on international mission fields that somebody somewhere made a difference in their life. There are people in pulpits, people in homes, people in business, people in politics that somebody stood and made a difference in their life. They said, I see biblical Christianity in that person or something like that. They may not use the word biblical Christianity, but they see something different because you have a spark in your eye and a jump in your step and you carry the Lord Jesus well. You're not arrogant. You're not flippant. You don't take people for granted and disrespect them. You do what is right. Genesis 15, 5 and 6, he took them outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed God, believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. God didn't complicate it. There is no such thing as sort of trust. That's why today, today's message is, there's no such thing as genuine faith without obedience. There's not. Call it whatever you want. Are you either expecting a child or not expecting a child? It's one or the other. You're either trusting or not trusting. Half trust is, well, the way of the world. A little bit of God, a little bit of this. Not a determination to say, you know what? I'm going to do my best, God, to maneuver through life with you to make a difference in this world for you. And it's not always going to be easy, and don't think it'll always be rewarded because it won't. It's tough. Before all that happened, Abraham had to do some things. You want the blessing? There's always the testing before the blessing. He had to go to a new place. 
didn't just come out instantaneously. Okay, God, I believe you. Blank. Wow, here's kids. Here's all the land. No, he had to leave the familiar. And it was tough. Bring up that next slide. Thank you. Give him a new land and a promised land. But here's the deal about it. To get that, if you're going to cover some new territory, if you're going to have a new beginning in life, I want you to see this. That it says in Genesis 12, 1b, and go to the land I will show you. You know what happens when we get our hands in the midst of something? There's kind of a, I don't know, there, there's a dual action that takes place. We practice due diligence and do what we can on our part. But there's many times, it's only, we can only do so much. You have to trust God. I will show you. And humanity has something running through the DNA called impatience. Has anyone here ever experienced that? Right? Not just graduates. I mean, I couldn't, I could, after a, a few, you do too, I see that. <laughs> I, I wanted to get out of school. I remember looking at the clock back when they had these things on a wall. They were round. They had this hand. And it was torture because it even had a second hand on it. And we used to go to school from 8 to 3. At 5 minutes to 3, I'm not kidding you. I had no trouble believing in eternity. <laughs> One second. Two seconds. And so on. And then see the snow falling outside out that big window. Whatever they taught during that time, whatever I lacked in my education, I lacked in that time. <laughs> it was over. God wants to show us things, but he expects us to be patient. It has a lot to do with the trajectory of where you will be. You can force a piece into the puzzle and find a mess. I understand as a citizen of the world how easy it is to do that. Trying to get there in some of the fast and the quick ways, the ways that maybe may not be that way. God may have a different way to approach things. And God wants us all to be teachable, to learn a new thing. You see, Abraham had to learn a new thing, period. And when he did that, he had some great blessings. I will show you, God has said. So we don't have to put our messy hands in and try and mess it up. We practice due diligence. You study, you do what you need to do, you make some plans to do some things, and after that, God shows you. And it has to do with every person already employed, already unemployed, wherever you are. God will show you if you exercise the kind of faith in his character, his essence, and his nature. You either believe or you don't, because there is no such thing as genuine faith without trust, without obedience. And so, what do we see? We see this. Note the kind of faith Abraham exhibited. His faith was decisive. When you know to do the right thing, there's no need to weigh it out. Well, should I tell that lie or not? Well, should I not say this thing or not? Should I be disrespectful this time because my feelings were hurt or not? Or do I have privilege because I'm family to say something that is hurtful, that is arrogant? No. You make the right decision. His faith was decisive. He obeyed, it says. A present active indicative means he heard and he went. When you know to do the right thing, it's never a question of should I do it. 
It's how high should I jump and how far should I go? Do it then. Don't let it get molded around in your mind because people have a tendency to cheat at solitaire and justify things. Do it then. Abraham did it. He went and his faith was, as this passage implies, immediate and decisive. Who will you serve in your life today? Doesn't matter if you're listening out there, if you've listened to Bible teachers or lessons or read the Bible for a hundred years. The same principle always applies because it indicates what's really in the heart. When it's decisive and immediate, it means you have learned to walk by the precepts, principles, and God's word and doing it right and following him, period. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. To heed is better than the fat of rams. God is looking for some people that will simply listen. Some of you students have had your parents probably say a time or two, Listen to me. Did it ever happen to you? I always did it. Lightning didn't hit because God knew I was just kidding around. But you're at a place, you've already exhibited that you've reached a level of maturation that's shown you can accomplish things up to this point. Listen and heed, and you will find success. His faith exemplified total trust. It exemplified what total trust is all about. It says in verse 8, even though he did not know where he was going, that's pretty vulnerable. I've spoken to people, I'm going to make this general because sometimes I speak to people in Guest Central that want to come and be part of the church and join, be a candidate for membership. I can't, I can't come forward. I have trouble being in front of people, right? It's okay. I don't worry about having any fears in life. I don't say that. This is a great opportunity to grow, isn't it? It's a great opportunity to grow, but you have to have some trust in that. And I've used Abraham many times. He went to a place he didn't know. I said, God's not asking you to go to a place you don't know. You see me every Sunday. Have you ever seen me hit someone that came forward to, as a candidate for membership? Right? It hadn't happened. Have you ever seen our deacon hit someone in a headlock? And hit? Just coming forward as a family. But I get it, and it's real to the person. But it's an opportunity for growth. Has God given you some opportunities for growth? Yes. You've made some certain milestones in life, but there's opportunity to grow. And most of our growth is needed in our relationship with him because there's no one, there's no being in all the universe more taken for granted than God. And there's few times in life when you have the opportunity to not say the wrong thing and to say the right thing or not say anything, to not do the wrong thing but do the right thing. To be someone who's living on the edge, exemplifying someone that has the character before God to do the right thing and to live out his word, period. See, his faith accompanied his trust. And even though he didn't know where he was going, period. I love that. Hebrews 11.9. By faith he made his home in a promised land like a stranger in a foreign country, lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. He made his home in the promised man like it's promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. I saw people last hour, it's also senior adult Sunday. There were some people sitting right in that second and third and fourth row right there, charter members of our church that 
It's chartered in 1956, 63 years ago. Some were past their mid-90s. said, how fast did life go for you? Fast. I couldn't get that in my head when I was a child. It couldn't have gone fast because my whole realm of, of experience was looking at the clock in school. That can't, that meant that. 95, are you kidding me? That must have, no, it goes fast. We're leaving this place. It's temporal. And God, if you apply yourself, you'll no doubt be successful and have some material things in life. They're wonderful. Enjoy them for what they are. But never let them own you. Never let them be the boss of your life. Never put your spiritual life or your family in jeopardy to have them. It's not a good decision. Now, the tyranny is there to do that throughout our world. Just look around and you will see it. People are running their prosperity all the time. Make decisions that are wise decisions for the future. And the great thing about our God, because you might be sitting here and say, I didn't make all those decisions, pastors. Let me say this to you redemptively. Some of the biggest businesses, some of the best pastors and leaders started in life at 40, 50, 60. I think J.C. Penney got that thing going when he was in his 60s. With God, the possibility exists for great and mighty things to happen. Don't let the enemy rob you of that. Don't think it's too late. It's not too late. Today's graduation day in one sense for everybody. See, he made his home in the place where he knew he was a stranger. The next slide, please. Because he followed what? He followed God's will. And that means that sometimes you have to leave the security. You have to leave familiar grounds and go to some new territory. Because to stay the same, life becomes a rut. People have defined rut as a grave with the, with the ends kicked out on each side. It's a rut. I know people that have died when they hit retirement age because they stopped living before they died. I know some young people that have done that. This is my life. This is it. This is what I do. It's over. This is all. No. There's lots of ways that God wants to work through people to make a difference. Next slide, please. We're going to be, keep rolling. He lived in tents. Campers, raise your hand quickly. Any campers out there? He lived in tents. Let's take another survey. How many would love to live in a tent? Even less hands. There's a few people there. See, how old are you, sir? That's why you can't be president of the United States. You're 12. You see, <laughs> want to live in this? Yes, it was one of our graduates' brother raised. That's okay, and it's cool. And you probably could do it because he's a savvy and a smart guy. I don't want to live in one. After three hours of lying down, I'm through, right? But it says that he lived in tents. A tent doesn't have a foundation. A tent is a temporal thing. And God compares our life down here as aliens and sojourners. It's like a tent. It's going to go fast. And it counts. There's only one try. You get it done now. First Peter 2.11 says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. That's why God says to do it. You're aliens and strangers. Why live like a citizen of the earth when you're a citizen of heaven? If Jesus Christ did what he did for you, where he loved you and by his grace and mercy, he took every sin you've ever committed, every dumb decision, everything you've done wrong and blown it and said, I'm dying for all of that, and came out of the tomb three days later, he offers hope to everybody. 
Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world because we really are. People who don't live like that have only fooled themselves. That's all you're here for. We're all terminal. I love seeing some folks out in the community that say, oh, you're the pastor. How are you? I say, I'm terminal. Oh, I didn't hear. I said, yes, you did. We're all terminal. We're all terminal. You see, when you're 18, there's a potential to say, I've got 60 more years potentially or more to live. Well, the Bible says we don't even know that's true. But at least, you know, if you stay healthy and you avoid accident, you can't. Let me tell you something. When some of your grandparents think about that, they don't say, you know, if I live 60 more years, 60 plus 75, wait a minute. You see, you get down to some of the important things of life. Learn them now. Live them now. Live out the legacy now. Don't wait. Understand this is temporal now. The paradox of all that is temporal, so you don't have to hold on to everything so tight, and at the same time, make good decisions so you make it count. Make it count. Next slide, please. Thank you. Hebrews 11.10, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations, the architect and builder is God. You see, a city, an ancient culture, was the highest part of civilization. It was organized. It was done well. It's a city with foundations. Once again, a tent didn't have any foundation whose architect and builder is God. Wow. How cool is that place going to be? Think about the design of a bird's wing. I don't know if you saw the other day one of the great footage of the, someone caught on one of their s- smartphones of a whale jumping up out of the water near this boat. And the boat is going back and forth because the thing is so huge. It's wonderful what God has made. Trillions of things. If God is the architect of heaven, how incredible a place is it? See, the Bible says, tongue can't say, ears never heard. We can't tell it. It's incredible. But it says, look forward to that. You don't have to put everything in this life into one basket and hope this is all it. Because the bottom line is, none of us does know about tomorrow. What we do know about tomorrow, if we live in God's will today, you'll wake up in God's will tomorrow morning. And if you wake up in God's will tomorrow morning, and those little decisions that look little not going to make a difference, they're going to make a difference. It'll point you in the trajectory of life of where you will go and where you will land and what you will do. And when you make those right, someone says to you, there's no such thing as a whatever. Don't let someone rob your dream from you. There's no such thing as a class coming to Christ on my campus. There's no such thing as a tree wearing a horseshoe. (laughs) Yes, there is. If you want to negate what God can do, it'd be sad. And it doesn't matter where you are, what's happened in life. God, first of all, wants you to come into a relationship with him. After you do that, he wants you to live as his child, not as a beggar, not as someone unbelief. He was looking forward. So many people aren't looking forward. They're looking back. They live in the rearview mirror. They're not looking forward because they believe their best days were behind them. But I say to you, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, your best days, no matter how much you have or how little you have, are in front of you. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I already know no matter if everything gets taken away from me this next hour. Everything's not taken away from me. This is not my home. I have a new home that I'm going to. Same as you. Everything's not going to get taken away. What will you do, pastor? I'll do like you. 
I'll live till I die. But I'm going to die one way or the other. You're either going to die serving Jesus Christ or die serving yourself in the world. There's choices to make. And those will be made in small increments all along your life, period. He was looking forward. Next one. Thank you. To the city with foundations, architect and builders, God, Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. It's a literal place. For the first heaven, first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. How crazy is that? From God. Prepares the bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Keep going. Thank you. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. It's your legacy. It's where we go as believers. But there's some things and there's some price to pay. There's a price for everything, isn't there? There's a price for obedience. There's a price for disobedience. Many people choose their pain to be postponed. I'll serve God later. I'll wait till I'm, I'll wait till I'm 20, 30, 50, 80, 90. I won't do it, period. We lie to ourselves because that something inside of us can cause us to cheat in solitaire. But I submit to you today that Abraham practiced real faith. There's no such thing as genuine faith without obedience. If you forget everything else I've said today or ever said, remember that. It'll be the dipstick of the test of where your faith truly is in life. Abraham's faith was decisive. When you know what to do, do it. Don't wait. Don't question it. Don't let your feeling get in the way of a fact. Do it. In your dating life, in your studies, in your school, in your vocation, and the friends that you choose. Abraham's faith exemplified total trust. That means resting in him. Rest in him. No one, not your parents and grandparents combined, as much as they love you, loves you more than God does and wants you to be successful for him. Why would God want us to be only successful in the temporal? He wants you to be successful eternally. He had exemplified total trust. And he was willing to leave a security to do it. And all of us have little battle lines we've drawn in our mind of our security. You have some, I have some, we all have some. But total trust means, God, I'm going to let you take those walls down. I'm going. If I fail, God, I'm willing to fail for you. I'm willing to look dumb for you. I'm willing to march to the beat of a different drum. Everyone's zigging, and God, I need to zag, not to be different, but because it's right. If God calls you to that, always go with him. He'll bless you in it. But think, you know, go with the majority, you'll feel security. Can I tell you something? Majority, most of the time, are wrong. Wrong. Not many people got on the ark. Not many people initially followed after Jesus. Not many people got off the Titanic. Go with God. And Abraham was looking forward to a new place. You have some new places to look forward to, and God is going to bless you in your life. You will see that, but be looking forward to the place that you'll spend eternity. Invest down here. Do well down here for the honor and glory of God, but invest for eternity. You'll never make a finer investment. There's no one in heaven and said, I wish I did less for God. Wish I could have done a little less. Could have hit a tennis ball harder. Wish I could have had this and that. Invest your life for God. 
He will bless you. Pastors, come forward right now. We're going to have in just a moment, and we're not going to wait long, a time of response. You can respond to maybe something God's called you. Whether you're here, sitting at home, or someplace, you can say, God, today, first of all, I've never done this, but I want to invite you not just to believe in you. I want to invite you into my life to be my personal Savior and Lord. I want to give you control of my life. You purchased me, and I want to just own that today. You love me. You died for me. You rose from the tomb, God. I'm believing that in my heart today differently than I ever did because I truly believe in you. Christianity is not believing something cognitively and dropping it. You embrace a new life, and it marks everything you do. Do we get it done perfectly? No, but we get it done differently. And when we fail, God says, learn from that. And don't fail as much. I'm way less pathetic than I used to be because of Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with him today, you can come forward, talk to one of our pastors or deacons. We would love to pray with you for him, for Christ to come into your life. Graduate today from death to life. That's what the Bible says. You can get everything you want on this earth. And if you die, Jesus said, without him, what good would it be if you gained the whole world and lost your own soul forever? Today is your day. Be decisive with it. Decide to follow him. If you don't have a church home, what a great day. We're a Bible-believing church. We teach from God's word. We admit we're sinners saved by grace. We can't save ourselves. And we are an intergenerational church. There's babies through eternity here because that's what a family looks like. You know, I'm so glad to be part of the family of God. We're family. The Word of God talks about family. God created family. So we love being intergenerational. It's not about seniors, not about juniors. It's not about in-betweeners. It's about God. And in the family, just like when I sat with my family growing up, we had babies and grandparents or great-grandparents. My great-grandfather lived with us. Grandpa, get out of the house. You're too old. No. Nor did he say, you get out. You're too young. You should have. It's a family. We modeled something different. You know, the world has everything else except that. Why do you think so many coffee houses and bars and places like that, why do people go? They're looking for a family. We have a real family except we're not high or drunk, right? We're filled with the Spirit. We know what we did. So today can be your day. Whatever your decision is, if God's put new breath into your heart, Come forward and want to pray with you for that future. Terry's here to lead us. Please don't wait. Please stand and respond. We're not going to wait long.